Greetings to the Nonprofit Exchange. We do this live every Tuesday at 2 o'clock Eastern. And today, uh, Russ, Russ is with me as always. Russ, how are you today? Greetings. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Russ is in Denver. I'm in Virginia. And Russ, I'm getting ready to move into a new home. And it's one of my most favorite things moving is. It's right below setting myself on fire or teaching middle school. It's in close competition, but I'm moving this week, so my life is full of excitement. Uh, Russ and I see each other at least once a week, and we talk in between, but uh, thank you for being a faithful co-host in this series of uh, interviews with great thought leaders, and we certainly have one that you and I both know, and um, we're, we're talking about uh, today uh, some of the themes that we've talked about in the past, but we're, we're on the verge of launching the third pillar of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. We have a pillar that supports clergy and all the religious organizations like churches and synagogues, et cetera, and the parachurch organizations. Then we have a, a leg that's all of these social benefit community charities. We call them nonprofits, but it's the other tax exempt type of organizations. Now, <clears throat> the third leg is for early stage entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of um, struggle with early stage nonprofits and, and businesses in around the topic of getting your grounding and getting your funding. So today's guest is a, a dear friend of ours, Dana Olivo. Dana, welcome. Hi, Hugh. Hi, Russell. Hi, David. Uh, our next week's guest is, is watching us, so uh, we have to behave. And, he, and our next guest coming on the next podcast has got his own amazing story. So, Dana, uh, you and I have known each other for a number of years. We participate in some activities together. You've actually spent a day at one of my live events. You were not at the one where Russ was a co-presenter, but you were one where um, Shannon Grunich was a co-presenter. And um, so you're familiar with the methodology of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar in concept with the brilliant work that you do. But you came to me oh, a couple of weeks ago and said, Hugh, and you came with another friend of ours who's a funding expert. You said, let's build a, a system. Let's build a, a tranche. Let's build a program for those people early stage who are struggling. So we're, we're talking about the future now. This is what's going to happen under the umbrella of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. So Dana, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Well, thank you, Hugh. Yes, I'm real excited about this new program that we're talking about launching. Um, I'm, you know, you know as well as I do. This is something that there's a gap out in the marketplace that is just not being met. And we really need to touch on that and help them. We make it so easy for entrepreneurs to start a business here in the U.S., but we don't make it easy for them to grow a business here in the United States. Yeah, and they can start a business, but they, they lack the, the, well, we can teach them how to build a car, but they need to put gas in it so it runs. That's in my, my world of funding. Before right. we dig in, we're going to keep people in suspense for a minute. Before we dig into the topics or topics for today, um, mm -hmm. give our listeners some background about, um, about you. you know, what's what's your, your superwoman power and why what's brought you here just to kind of a I mean, you could probably talk the whole podcast about your experience okay the capsule um what's brought you here and your primary passion for what we're doing together well you know first of all you know, my company's name is marketatomy 
It's marketing anatomy. And I had so many clients that were coming to me that were new entrepreneurs and they had a good product or service they had started their business on. But what happened was they got into business and there were no customers coming through the door and they couldn't figure out how to bring those customers through the door and in, and in an effort to teach them the infrastructure that needed to be in place around that product or service is where market anatomy was born. And the way I do that is by explaining to them graphically through the human body that the heart of your business is your why. Why are your customers going to come to you? Why are your patrons going to visit you over the competition? And the brain is your how. That's your structures. That's your systems, the methodologies, everything that run the business. But in the human body, can the heart operate without the brain and vice versa? No. You need both the heart and the brain in order to grow your business and bring those customers through the door by pushing your message out through the veins of the body to your market, which is the human body. So it's a real simple concept. And my vision for Market Academy is to teach this to every single entrepreneur out there wanting to start their business and ultimately make a dent in the number of failed businesses out there in the world. And um, I want to highlight what you're saying and move it into the nonprofit sector. We teach nonprofits, and we're using the word because people understand it. We, we teach tax exempt charities how to install business principles in their organization because it's, right. it's a tax exempt business. We have more rules from IRS to how we manage the money. But basically, we've got to create profit to fund the work that we're doing. Right. We need to attract those customers or stakeholders, their donors. They're volunteers. And so in my mind, there's not a whole lot of difference in how we attract those. How about you? No, there isn't. Um, you know, for the most part, you know, you, you hear about nonprofits and they're always trying to raise funds and they're going to the for-profit corporations to help them by, through donations and things like that. But what about the, the, the for-profit side? Is there a way or there is a way where they can rely on nonprofits that are going to help them build credibility in their company, um, reach out and expand their market. So there, there is a synergy there between the nonprofits and the for-profits by partnering. And that's what, you know, um, we call what cause, cause marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm going to use the word business and charity. Cause it's simpler for my brain to not have so many P words in there. Business and charity works good with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I want to cut through the chatter and get down to the brass tacks. So right. I, um, you've done a brilliant thing. Like we've done a brilliant thing. We put synergy and vision together and got center vision. It's the synergy of the common vision. Right. We put market Academy together and that strengthens and comes up with a new con a new concept. Plus, you can go get a URL nobody has. <laughs> That's true. Got it. Got it. Done it. <laughs> so so um, I want to set the context where we're going to talk about later. I want to delve into some of your expertise. Um, people tell us they learn important things that they can utilize day to day in their charities. So our, our primary listening audience are those people who are executive directors or clergy, and they're trying to make their way through all of the stuff they don't understand. 
So we want them to understand some business principles and people tell us that there's some very useful information and we have tens of thousands of people that view these videos and listen to the podcast. So um, uh, knowing you, you'll give us some nuggets through the, uh, through the interview. We're, we're launching a program underneath Center Vision Leadership Foundation for early stage entrepreneurs and whether they're running a business or a charity to right. get that, that strategy and to have access to the early stage funding, which is the trap for a lot of people to get stuck right there. So we'll talk about that later on in the, in the interview. But um, so, so as we start this, um, <clears throat> I have Center Vision International, which is a business. I work mm -hmm. with business leaders. I have Center Vision Leadership Foundation, which mm -hmm. is a 501c3 charity. Um, there has to be a clear line as far as how the cash flows from one to the other. There's very strict rules with the, uh, well, there's there's tax rules for everybody, but there's more strict rules with the, the charity. Right. And Russ knows about this. He's had years with IRS, and so we, we attempt to stay out of prison and not get in trouble and pay penalties because we, we try to follow those rules, but they're there for a really good reason, and we can attract funding that's philanthropic funding, but there's eight eight streams of revenue there. So right. there, there's a lot of uh, ways we can we can attract funding. So you work with people in a business and a charity, and sometimes you have people that have both like me. So you started talking a little bit about the, the two of those working together. Do you, uh, what else would you like to share about how somebody could have a, an entity? They're totally separate entities, totally check, different checking accounts, right. totally different leadership. You have to have a board with your charity. Um, and right. And because you founded it, doesn't mean you get to say anything. You, you have to have real clear principles because the board is in charge of governance and the funding piece, the disbursement, right. financial accountability. So if people have both, you advocate that people do have both. And if so, how do they manage that? Well, you know, I'm, you know, first of all, yes, whether you're a business or a charity, I think you should have a board of directors. Either uh, on the business side, it could be an advisory board, depending on where you're going. But um, yes, you need somebody that's holding you accountable to what your what your culture is, what your what your vision is, what your mission is. And it's the same thing on the nonprofit, on the charity side. So whether you have two, if you've got a nonprofit and a for-profit or a business and a charity side. I would say it would be beneficial to have two different boards because there's two different mindsets going there. Let's let's let the expert weigh in, Russ. We're getting yeah. in the, we're getting in your territory here. You want right. to you want to weigh in here? Well, having good to see everyone. Uh, having separate uh, accountability structures is pretty critical because, in essence, you have different uh, things that you're doing, and so. Well, one of the terms, by the way, that I think with, that I've seen with the book is like a social profit entity. So that might be better terminology to talk about what, what you're doing. But structurally, you need to keep things separate. Right. Because if you get into a situation where your, your profit-making business has uh, uh, unrelated activity going on and the, and the nonprofit is conceived as bringing in revenue from activity that's not related to its primary cost, you could create a, 
uh, a taxable income situation. So you don't want to do that. You definitely don't want to. The whole purpose of having a nonprofit is not to pay the tax. I right. Mean, that, that's a big part of it. I think the other thing to keep in mind, and one, you know, the most critical thing to think about is the fact whether you have both a, a nonprofit and a for-profit arm, they're two separate businesses, and you have to operate them as two separate businesses. They have their own licenses. They, everything is operated separately. So for that reason, I would say you do need two boards. Yeah, and we, we talk about it an arm and an arm, but it really it's it's two distinctly different entities. And what Russ was referring to is IRS has this um, thing called unrelated business income. And if mm -hmm. you're bringing in lots of lots of money and it's not related to your mission, then that that is really taxable income, no matter if it's right. on a business or a charity. And and yeah, you could argue I'd rather pay tax on more money. But really, you want to keep your accounting really clean and you want to keep really good records. So, but there's some synergies um, between the two and there's, there's lots, of, lots of examples in the marketplace where people do business work here, but then they give away or, or have a greatly reduced price uh, for those, uh, those charities. Now, for instance, Russ and I work with with uh, organizations through Center Vision Leadership Foundation, either free, like mm -hmm. opportunities, or for drastically reduced cost, because that's the philanthropic calling for Center Vision. We, right. we, we offer people who can't afford it uh, goods and services, and that's why we're tax exempt. Now, right. on, the, on the business side, I work with business leaders who jolly well have the income and should be paying for it, and they get they get value for that. Right. So let's, let's talk about, um, some of your background, what would you say are some of the areas of expertise? Now, you've used the word strategist, you've used the word business plan. We use business plans. In I, I call it the life of hard knocks, believe me. Oh, oh, <laughs> Everything I know, I've got my degrees, I've got this, I've got that, but I'm sorry. It's life, it's life experience that has taught me a great deal <laughs> of what I know. And it comes out in the way that I talk, in the way that I talk, the way I teach. You know, I don't teach at a level of a professor or anything like that. I'm, I'm right there at the level of the entrepreneur, and I think that's what benefits me. Um, I've had two failed businesses. I'll be upfront. Um, this is my third business, and it's a success, and I'm glad, but we're still growing it. But through those two failed businesses, I learned very early on what I was missing, which is what I'm bringing to the table now. I did not have that business experience. Uh, even though I was a marketer, I did not have that strategic experience on how to develop a strategy to take a product to market, to take a, you know, a business to market. I did not have those. I just jumped right in, which is what a lot of business owners do do. They have a good product or service, they jump into business, and before they know it, they've robbed themselves of their 401k. They've mortgaged their homes to the hilt. You know, they've exhausted their savings, and now they're continuously putting money into a sinking ship, so to say, only because they don't have that knowledge base. They don't have the skills. They don't, you know, short of going back to school, which is what I did for four years and got my degrees. Um, short of going back to school, they really have no other options. You know, they have 
what is it, lynda.com, they have um, Udemy. You have other e-learning academies out there, but the, if you don't know where to start, if you don't know what questions to be asking, they're not going to help you. So I am introducing the Marketatomy e-learning environment the end of this year, and it will have the actual structure, just like going back to school. If you want to learn about doing a, a market analysis, you have to know who your customer is, who your competitors are in order to do that market analysis. So they will have to go and make sure they understand that. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, that's what we're going to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes, we are, Hugh. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I have you in my corner now. <laughs> you got me cornered, did you say? Um, now, you could say that same thing about people starting charities. I know I've met people that have exhausted all their money. I had talked to one yesterday that put a lot of money, lot of in, money. into the charity because they believe in it. You know, I've yeah. put money into my charity. It's, it's what I've we, done it. And, and yeah. um, I, you know, it's going the wrong way. I'm not taking money out, and I don't take a salary from, from Center Vision. But I've, uh, it's a concept that I've rallied a lot of people around. And we're moving into uh, phase two of development, which is 2018 is going to be a substantial year for the work that we're doing. Now, what you, you don't yet know is that the gentleman on the other end of this call, the other host, has some good programs that will be valuable to you as well around funding. And so he's, he's an expert in a number of areas. He just, he does, right. it's more than a pretty looking guy. He's smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Now, I'm telling you, I need all the help. I, I will be the first one to tell you I have big, big visions, just like you, Hugh, but I can't implement them. And I need those people in my corner, which is why I reached out to you. It's why I reached out to Jeff Schick with Money Miners. It's why I reach out and surround myself with those experts to make my vision a reality. Russ, did you capture that? Number one, idea. number one leadership, delegate, bring people on your team. What do you think of that? I think that's the way to go. At least that's what we've been telling people. And we've kind of sort of, we drank our own Kool-Aid. So, you know, if we're not drinking the Kool-Aid, we're not going to get anybody else. Yeah. You know, oh, my brain, my brain is just too small to absorb everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, my, my vision of you is that you have a big brain and a big heart and lots of really good content. And you do, I can tell, uh, uh, you have great passion in what you do. Um, oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, um, what we preach in Center Vision, and it's your, you just did it too, is it, we can do more if we, we run together. And um, down in your neck of the woods, there was a race recently at Daytona, NASCAR. Yes. You know, when they draft, they go faster and they use less fuel. Mm -hmm. Both cars, three. Yeah. Cars. Yes. Uh -huh. You can you can be much more efficient. So we're we're creating our own draft here. You didn't know I was a redneck and a race fan, but anyway. My daughter fans. is a big redneck race fan. <laughs> so me. I hear it all. <laughs> That's me. So we're we're creating this this vortex of of energy, and so focusing on on that. The, the road ahead. Talk about some of your programs that you already have that you, you offer people and how you're going to repurpose those for business and for charities. 
Well, I mentioned the e-learning academy that we are developing. We're beta launching the end of, um, of um, December, okay? And that will, that will fill that self-help avenue that needs to be filled. And then there's still do it with you services because we're a firm believer you do it with our business owners rather do it for because they need to understand. But there's two areas that I have found with the services that I offer that my clients struggle the most. Most One is clarity, vision clarity, market clarity, um, all of that. And I have introduced a five-stage clarification process. It's mind mapping, whereas I will actually take them and clarify all of the components and find those gaps that they're missing. The other that I have found is even more prevalent is the financing side. The financing and funding. Um, Hugh, you and I know, you know, going to CEO space, there are a lot of business owners that go in thinking that they can just pull together their business plans, pull together this, that, and everything, and just go and present before investors. But what they don't realize is the amount of work that has to go into these packages, and not only that, they need to be answering the questions these investors want. They're not putting themselves in the minds of the investors. And so that's the other side that we are helping them with by first educating them on the front end and getting their companies credit worthy so that they can go for these larger dollars on the back end to help them grow. That's really, that's really critical to get your own house in shape. So yeah. Russ, Russ, what are you hearing over there? What's, what's brewing in your mind? Oh, what's brewing in my mind is getting that message out there of what value you bring and the problem that you solve. And you got to do it in the language of the people that are writing the checks. Or exactly. Support you. And if, if you, it's, it's language. And if, yeah. uh, if you don't have the right language or you're talking to the wrong people, uh, right. this, this is, this is a, a component that is, uh, been challenging over the years for me. I found myself a lot of times talking to the wrong people. So right. you really have to you have to have tools in place to measure what you're doing. And and you know what people measure, and this is what makes social profit so maddening. Mm -hmm. Because you 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 do have dollars and cents, but there are other things that are important to people. And so it's finding out and having systems to go find out yeah. what's important to people so that you can deliver that. And it's really, it's really asking questions and tapping into their own genius. A lot of, a lot of these entities, they've got genius under, under their own roof that they're not leveraging. And that's a whole nother story with uh, over and under functioning leaders and that. That's a whole nother path. That's not where we're gonna go. Right. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's where you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, I spent six years in Albuquerque and I was um, working in the children's department of one of the largest churches, Hoffmantown. Really? Um, one of the largest churches in the United States. Uh, Charles Lowry was the pastor there. And Charles had, Pastor Charles had a, um, a business side to the business as well, whereas he had a men's group and he would travel the country and teach men entrepreneurs the, the concept of business in the Christian you know, sense of the word. But where I 
came out of this is understanding that even in a church environment, it's a business and it needs to be run like a business. You know, and I got that from Hoffmantown. But you have all of these smaller churches that crop up and their and 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 their memberships, their patrons are giving their dollars to these churches that don't have a a, a procedure, a system in place. So they are not being good stewards of the dollars that are bring, being brought into the church. So those are the kind of things that we need to teach. So uh, to be fair with our listeners, we're, we're in concept stage with this, but yeah. we, we all see a huge importance. And we're going to, to um, resources. And Dana, this, this dovetails with what uh, Russ and I have been working on with some of the other thought leaders you know. And mm-hmm creating a portal with both live and virtual events. And, and it's going to be initially under the umbrella of, of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and we'll go after some philanthropic funding right. for, for that. So we're actually going to put our money where our mouth is, basically. And we're now people may be listening to this podcast way into another year. Like if, if right. you're listening to this podcast in 2018, you will see this launch. So if you go to centervisionleadership.org, there will certainly be a section on the site that talks about this, this collaborative entity. Have we, um, we've, we've kicked around names, but we'll, let's leave that for later. We're gonna, we'll name it something special, but it will be a project right now. It's going to be a, a tax-exempt project and to empower early-stage thought leaders who really can't afford it. And, you know, Dana, in, in the communities where we do the work, this mm-hmm. part of uh, yeah, re-employing the, the workforce, re, re, reactivating the military. Who, there are 49,000 homeless vets. Right. There's a whole lot that, that have homes, but they're wandering around. There's, there's people that have come out of prison and they need a leg up. There's a whole right. lot of small churches and charities that don't have the, the vision you just talked about. So right. part of what we're going to have to do is to narrow down who's our first target. But there is plenty of work. Even if we started in, you live in Orlando, or we started in Denver, or we started in Virginia, it doesn't matter. We, we could have plenty of work if people were willing. Let's, right. let's, let's talk about that piece a minute. I would like what, uh, Russ, you to weigh in too. But, but Dana, when you see a charity or a small business, and there's really a lot missing, What's the biggest uh, barrier to you getting that message across? Is it their own lack of self-awareness? Or what's, what's the barrier for them not coming forward and being open to receiving this assistance that you offer? Well, um, I will put into context, you and I met during CEO space with a certain gentleman, okay, that I had put you in touch with, okay? And great ideas. They, they always have great ideas and their heart is there. But first of all, they approach it unprofessionally in the sense where they're not protecting themselves. And this was the first thing I, den- I identified with this gentleman is he's already getting sponsorship dollars and things like that from the public and the community and things like that. But he's not protecting his organization. All right. So as those funds come in, they're not being funneled correctly. They're not being monitored correctly. So the first thing I find out is they jump in without a plan for protecting 
or being good stewards of the dollars that are coming into the organization. Okay, I think the other thing is, is they jump in because they don't have the funding and they're wearing way too many hats. And so the project never really gets off the ground because they're thinking they have to do it all themselves. And this is in business. This isn't just nonprofits and charity work. Um, they think they have to do it all themselves to save money. But what in actuality, energy is money. Okay, and if they're expanding, spending all their energy doing a whole crap load of little things, they're not getting anything done. So they're not making money and they're not able to get what they need. So I think the first thing that I would say that it's, it's a matter of we've got to clarify, okay, what is that vision and what is the strategy to reaching that end vision? And what they're trying to do and then at the same time showing them that you have a huge responsibility as a charity as a nonprofit you have a huge responsibility because it's not just your money that you're using and that you have to hold accountable so you want to make sure that you are able to report back to your donors how you've managed their money well, in a, in a case of a, of a grant, it's crucial. You won't get another grant. Yeah. You might ask for the money back if you've not demonstrated the proper uh, fiduciary oversight, good stewardship, as you put it, which is a really good term. Right. Um, right. So that's why what you bring, Hugh, on the strategy side for nonprofits is just amazing. They just, they really need this. And there's so many people with such big hearts, but they don't know how to do this. <laughs> Russ, you heard it right here. I'm amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I've been trying to tell him that for quite a while, but he stops <laughs> that with this whole uh, spiel that we talked about before we went on the air. And yes. I'm glad he hasn't gone to that, you know. But uh, we'll keep we'll keep him grounded, but we can always lift him up. <laughs> well, we we know we all of us behind the scenes know all about it. So yes. But uh, in in looking at and and in addressing that question, there are a number of things that might prevent people from actually uh, uh, doing something different. Uh, uh, sometimes it's resource based. Uh, other times it's it's people that I've come across that are doing things. They've been in a leadership role. Uh, they they look at things and and they don't really. Uh, they're not comfortable getting outside of what they're used to doing and maybe looking at uh, what they need from a person side, from a human capital type. Right. Of, uh, this this is a big thing because when when investors or funders or donors of any type write you a check, they're betting on your team, not mm -hmm. just on you. And so if, if people are, un, uh, are unable or they don't have the right collaborative partners or they don't have people that are willing to collaborate, they, they, uh, they become starved for people to actually implement. Right. Uh, ideas, uh, ideas are great, but it's in that implementation that people actually need support. And they may not know that they need that support. Or right. Need that support or feel that there's a trusted source for that. Uh, exactly exactly you know and one of the other things is is and I'm so glad I have you in my corner um, Hugh is I learned the other day uh, the word foundation 
so many nonprofits will set up a foundation, but they don't realize the legal implications of having a foundation and having the money from that foundation be designated to other charities rather than just their own. Well, in, in our case, it, it's in kind, you know, services. Yeah. You know, the money pays, a dollar goes to Center Vision, it goes to other charities in the form of in-kind support, like mm -hmm. those of us on this call. And right. so we, it's money in a different form. So yes. Right. Um, so that was just a lesson I learned this week. <laughs> um, and and um, Russ, the, the example that she used without giving names, and um, it's okay if, if, if he's listening. I, it's a funny story. Um, a friend, a colleague of mine, whom we were talking about CEO space. It's a business growth uh, conference that we, where all of us met actually. A collaborative a, environment, yeah. Yeah, it is. Teaching corruptive uh, capitalism when we take it a step up in collaboration. Um, <clears throat> and we all, we all know that it works. So um, a friend of mine, Ed from there, we got with Ken Courtright and talked about, hey, you know, we need some input. Actually, it was Dave, uh, David, and we got together. Thanks. They've both been on this podcast. They're both dear friends of mine, but it was David and I got with Ken for some advice on a, a particular thing we were launching. Next thing I know, without names, he's talking about us on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he also talked about, with, but he used Ed's name because Ed uh, had some sage advice, as he always does. But um, I'm honored when somebody says, this, this is a guy and this is what they needed, this is our conversation. And I knew it was me, but he, he, he protected my identity. But the, the person you're talking about has a huge vision. Has, yes. They're bought in 100%. They have passion for it and they're going for it no matter what. Now it's a classic case of somebody getting the cart before the horse. Right. Jumping in and not having the systems in place. And so, uh, Russ, there, there's some dangers from the auditing side, from the tax side of not having the records and not having a board that manages the, the, the cash flow. Um, there's some dangers people need to look out for as we're, we're early stage, putting good systems in place from your standpoint, your years working with the Internal Revenue Service. Well, you know, you definitely want to to have good internal controls. You know, how does money flow in and out? Who tracks the money? Uh, who actually handles it? Who tracks it? And, uh, the people that handle it and the people that track it should be different. Uh, when you're talking about large amounts of money and large purchases, and uh, you, need a, you need solid fiscal policies, you know, to determine how purchases are made, you know. There are a lot of opportunities for funds to walk out of the door unbeknownst to the management if you don't have some uh, very stringent internal controls in place. Separation of duties, that's always a big one. And uh, if you're dealing with government monies, you need to be aware of different things that you need to do to comply, especially federal monies under the Office of Management and Budget. So there are a lot of pitfalls that you can fall into. And of course, we already talked about uh, unrelated business revenue. And so there's, uh, there's just endless places you could end up uh, stepping on the landmine from a tax perspective because the code is so complicated. 
uh, I think a lot with the charity, one thing that often overlooked is whether or not you're registered to collect donations of what you're registered to collect. And are you registered in all places that you're actually going to receive funds? So that's one that flies under the radar frequently. Um, so those are, those are good words. And um, we, we think, Dan, I'm, I'm sure Russ and I have seen this. I'm sure you've seen that people think just because they have a good product on the business side or really good intentions on the other side, on the charity side, that money's going to jump their way in, right. in the bank. And right. um, it doesn't happen that way. No, I'll tell you a perfect example is um, I was at a conference three weeks ago and um, we were in a mastermind session and we were talking about the financing side. And when the question came up, two of the individuals, they were new entrepreneurs and they said, well, I'm incorporated. I don't need to use my personal credit, you know, because now I have, you know, I'm protected under the veil of incorporation. And my explanation to them is that's absolutely true. You are protected, but consider it this way, okay? Your LLC or your corporation that you've set up is consider it another individual, okay? It's an individual that has absolutely no credit. So you're wanting to, to launch your business and be able to get bank credit and be able to get financing and things like that. Well, if you have no credit, chances are you're not going to get any financing. So that's where you need to bring in your personal financing, your per personal credit to kickstart your business. And then at a later date, you can take yourself off of that and only, and everything else is put into the corporate veil. But you do need your personal credit, which is where we run into issues. Yeah. Well, and we want to be careful with charities that they don't want to put anything in there of theirs because they can't get it back out. And so we, went, we want to create a firewall there, but you, you, you speak a, a really, that's a good track to lay down here. We must have personal disciplines with our leadership, with our funding, with our, uh, our behaviors. If we're going to be effective leaders, we got to get our own house in order as well. Okay. Right. And that's exactly it. And that's part of what we are going to be doing with this summit. So. Great. So um, I, I would like to suggest this is part one of a two-part conversation and part two will be early in 2018 that we'll do a formal announcement with the, the tracks and the programs. Um, we, we do see a need and so what, what I will create is a, a forum on Center Vision, an information forum to, to, and you and I will collaborate on the questions for people okay. to come in and weigh on what their top issues are if they're, and if they're, they're starting a, a small business they're um, starting a religious institution or community charity or cause-based organization that's any of those tax-exempt uh, or membership organization 501c6 um, they're starting one of those entities what you know what are the what do they think their their biggest needs are and then we'll have people in the conversation so okay I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm visioning and I didn't check this out with you but I'm gonna blurt it out anyway uh, I'm in <laughs> I'm envisioning a combination of things. The, of course, the online learning, but some live live webinars. I'm also envisioning some group processes. I find that that uh, when I have people, especially at the place we talk about CEO space, and Danny, you saw it, and 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 um, Russell, you saw it. 
on the, on the, the Center Vision Leadership Empowerment Symposium when I'm helping one person think through their issues, other right. people are listening and everybody's learning from that example. Right, and right, so there's, exactly. There's, there's uh, group learning that we haven't talked about, but I think you and I have had similar experiences in that area. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I, I definitely agree. And, and masterminding is what we're talking about here, okay, when you think about it. Um, is is definitely one of the hot topics right now and that is one of the best ways to to learn from other successful thought leaders you know um, I know that's how I've learned you know we've got some mutual friends who are very very big thought leaders and they're holding their own uh, masterminds Don Ward for one of them you know um, it's just we can't help but learn from others and Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't help but learn from others. Why reinvent the wheel and struggle if there's people out there that are willing to give us this, this help that we need? And that's exactly what CEO space is. You know, you go there in a collaborative environment and you get the information you need. Uh, I just came off of Women's Prosperity Network, which is a nationwide organization. This is another one. It's a very collaborative, what they call cooperative, I think that's what they call it, co co cooperative or whatever, <laughs> environment. <laughs> but, you know, and, and that's another thing. Women, more and more women are starting businesses. And this is a very fast-moving market right now. So, yeah. and, and my wife and I took some time over the weekend and went down the road to Stanton. It's spelled like Staunton, but it's Stanton in Virginia. And it's a really well-kept downtown. It's, they've preserved yeah. their downtown, both in character and architecture. And people are downtown. And yeah. business after business was young female entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I just rejoiced in that. You know, there yeah. they were, everyone was a niche and it was creative and it was passion behind it. We're in the, the women's era. You know, it's time to leave the old white guys behind. We messed it up. So it's time for a new... <laughs> Well, it's amazing how many men have come in and joined the WPN, the, the Women's Prosperity Network, because they like that interaction with the women. They like that camaraderie that, you know, uh, I grew up in the architectural engineering construction market. And in that market, I spent 35 years and everything was so held, closely held to the chest. Don't say this. Don't say that. You know, we don't want the competition to hear this. And I just kept telling them. Guys, get over it. They already know what's going on. Get over it. Don't be afraid. You know, just stay a step ahead of them, you know. Uh, so, but women, they just have a, uh, a, um, a way of cooperating and helping and lifting each other up. And if more and more people did that, we would be a lot farther along than where we are right now. Well, we can make up for lost time. I, I totally agree with you. Women are very collaborative. Yeah. And yeah. at this point in history, we're recording this, it's, it's yeah. time for the small business sector and the charity, <clears throat> charity and church sector to set a new bar. We've got right. conflict in the government. We've got conflict with football for, of all places. And people <laughs> are divided over common issues when we really ought to be united for those. Yeah. We, will, we will not go into politics today, but um, it's a, there's, a whole other <laughs> there's a whole other channel and a whole other example that we're called to be. So I want to do a round robin here. I want to start with Russ because we need to we need to give the better looking guys some attention. 
um, some, some airtime. Uh, Russ always has these great sound bites, but he's always got some really good contributions. And uh, uh, he, when he speaks, people listen. But Russ, two things. Do, do you have some comments about what Dan has brought up or questions for her? And then tell us about your next live event for, for your charity work and your program for, for funding that you have. So first with Anna, and then talk about the, the two things that you have or, or others that you want to share. Well, you know, I think that everything is relationship-based. And this is, this is the thing that we're coming around to. It's all about relationships. The way that, that, that men kind of operate, we, 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 we're more linear in our thought process and more results-oriented. Uh, but women are more more relationship based, and so what we're finding out is that if you want to uh, build partnerships and joint ventures, you're going to have to have people that resonate with you. Yeah. If you're going to get people to donate to you, if you're going to get people to collaborate with you in any project, it's all about relationships, and so. You've got to have good relationships. People aren't just looking for the fast buck, the quick transaction. Uh, they're not going there. So that's that's not going to work for people. So it's all about relationships. And we really need to change that. The other thing is in, in looking at churches, I've been working with, with my own visioning pro, uh, project. And uh, Whatever we're doing, the key is to raise our level of consciousness. And this is what we're finding out with, with today's environment. We're shouting at each other. And so we're at a point in time where if we're going to succeed, it doesn't matter what area you're talking about. If you're talking about your spiritual, your economic situation, your business, we've got to raise our level of consciousness to be more effective, to help more people. So that's uh, that's my view on that. As for right now, I have got a, uh, I'm working on some new uh, 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 material uh, with, uh, with a group uh, called Algorithms for Success that I've, I've done some training with them. We're actually strategizing on some of my uh, online programs, my broadcast today, and I'm working on uh, just different modulized programs uh, for fundraising, fundraising, board development. We're, we're, we're working on rolling out a series of things for 2018, as well as the book, Four Steps to Building a High-Performance Nonprofit. I've been working on that for a while, and uh, I've not gotten all the interviews I want, but we're going to be launching that program. I do have an online program for that that I'm in the process of revising. Uh, and that's taking you through the fundamental steps uh, of building a strategy. It's a 22-point strategy framework that uh, that uh, Hugh and and, and uh, uh, David Gruder actually developed a, a, a success map. So, um, as far as questions uh, for for you, uh, what what uh, what benefits do you think can be realized from cross-sector partnerships and what are the big wins that you see businesses getting through uh through this collaboration and what are some of those wins for the nonprofits as well well 
Well, um, the reason I reached out to Hugh for this program that we're talking about is because one of the benefits is with the target market that I go after, small business, which are generally under 500000 annual revenue or less, um, a lot of times they can't afford my services. And as much to the chagrin of my husband, I would love to give my services away. But his comment is, honey, I'm sorry, but we got to make money. I don't want to be working at a J-O-B all my life. <laughs> so, um, so in an effort to, well, it's two-sided, okay? In an effort to find a way for them to be able to afford the services that they need, there's grant money out there. And so that's what we want to go after. Well, I'm not familiar with, with, non with um, nonprofits, and I know that I need a nonprofit. So that's why I reached out to Hugh Ballou. And Synervision is I knew I needed a nonprofit leg to help on the sponsorship side so we could go for sponsorship dollars for these events that we're doing and also for the grant money to help those business owners that qualify to get the education and the resources that they need. So that was the main reason um, that I had. That's one of the reasons where I see for-profits and non-profits can coordinate, okay? The other thing is, is by businesses, through businesses partnering with non-profits, you get that credibility factor. And by Building in that credibility factor, your clients look at a higher standard for you, or not necessarily at a st higher standard, but they become advocates because they know you're doing good for the community, you're doing good, you know, for society, and they want to promote you because of that. So you get the credibility aspect, you get the the, the market outreach, you get the the dollars. So there's so much value and benefit that comes from partnering, a business partnering with a nonprofit. You just have to figure out how to make that work and not try and do it all yourself. You know, yep. that type deal. <laughs> That's I mean, critical. Let's capture That's that. Russ, you're so right. Um, what I find over and over and over again, we, we, we help um, small business owners, especially solo, solopreneurs, learn how to do things and then try to bring in team members with, the charity, it's imperative that you start with a team. Yes. And, and that's the biggest problem leaders have in a charity or a church. The leader wants to do it all. And really, you must engage the board for, for governance, for fiduciary oversight, and for support. Okay. They're arms and legs. Uh, so, um, so, yes, lots of really good stuff there. We're coming to the last stretch of our time here. And, um, uh, Dana, uh, we got a lot more to talk about. We need, yes. to, we need to do some of the heavy lifting and you're right now you're waiting for me to get a document back to you, but I, I'm, I'm starting to get a, a clearer vision of what the potential is. And uh, our, our problem is going to be to scale it to what we can handle to begin with. But uh, I know the energy field here is, is, is really good. Um, Russ, where do people go? Where's your link for your, the stuff you talked about, your book and your, your uh, online program, your website, where do people go to find that? Well, yes, I have uh, for the four steps to building the high performance non-profit, uh, non uh, you go to bit.ly slash four steps 
HPNPO, and I'll drop that in the chat box uh, so that people can see it. Uh, if you'd like to have a talk with me, I do discovery sessions with folks. Uh, you can uh, go to bit.ly slash bookruts to get onto my calendar, and we'll have a discovery session about whatever concerns you. And uh, I'm in the process, I've got my people rebuilding my website. So I'll have uh, free offerings. I've got a donor series and some board series uh, um, things that people will be able to tap into once my website rebuild is done. And I'm working on some other courses and uh, writing articles. So all of that stuff will be available uh, to everyone out there. Well, I, I want to know when you sleep. Do you sleep? <laughs> Oh, I sleep. I sleep quite a bit, maybe more than I should. Uh, you know, I'm finding as more time passes by, I sleep a little bit more. But yeah, you know, the real opportunity I, I think in this is to is to get people talking to one another. And uh, I just the, the thought crossed my mind. I was thinking of asking Dana, uh, what is the what is the high point? What is the one single uh, thought that needs to be conveyed to people on both sides uh, of whether they're for-profit or non-profit, what would you say is the, is the single thread that needs to run through their minds when they're debating about whether or not they should collaborate? I'm going to let her think about that a minute. That's a great question. And um, yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. Russ, thank you for that. Dana, think about that for a minute. Let me, let me welcome the people here. Um, and um, yeah. do a little plug for our one of our sponsors that supports this. But we have some friends. Your our friend Flo from Denver is here. Jerry, Karen, Sandy, Kathy. We got a whole list of people, including our friend Jeff Schick, who you referred to, and people who have been on my podcast and this podcast. Uh, Remy, we need your website. So, uh, uh, Remy, which website? Uh, Minor. Um, we're going to give all of them. So. Uh, uh, there's just a whole lot of people, Tim and Daniel and Harry and Melissa and Brandon, who was on my podcast coming up. Um, thank you folks for being here. And uh, so Remy, uh, give us which website you want. We'll try to put them both. Okay. They're saying both. Um, so we do this live every week at two o'clock and um, our sponsor today is word sprint. Word sprint is your mailing house. They're a print shop and a mailing house. So, if you want to stay in touch with your tribe, whether you're a business or a charity, it's important that you get to them with your message. It's top of mind marketing. And when they get something in the mail, it cuts through all the noise of the internet. So 30% is the message, 30% is who it is, and 30% is the rhythm of regular, regular mailings. If you want people to donate and buy your products, they need to hear about it more than once, and they need to hear about stories of success, and we need to give them value. That's why we attract money. We provide value. Bill Gilmer and his team at WordSprint, wordsprint.com, sprint's the word for fast, wordsprint.com. They're thorough, they're prompt, and they're the best in the business. So they're, they, they print and mail nonprofit performance magazine, nonprofitperformance.org, and <clears throat> one of the programs CenterVision has to get on un, unbound is unbound leader and so we'll put the link but if you want to get there it's uh, leadingprofitably.com 
we need to think about profit in our charities. That's the gas that's going to help us fully achieve our mission and vision. So Dana, where's the website for get Russell's link posted? Yes, Russell is putting the link up uh, for him and we will have, uh, I will put uh, the nonprofitexchange.org is the place you can view this video uh, a few hours after we stop here. I will put the links for Russ's websites, for Dana's website, it's already there. And, um, and that then you'll already be on the Center Vision website when you go to the, T-H-E, nonprofitexchange.org. That will take you to Center Vision for this Tuesday program. Dana, we're going to let you close us out with uh, Russ's question that you've been pondering on. What do you want to leave <laughs> people with? And your website is a Market and Academy, Market Atomy. Yeah, Market, A-T-O-M-Y. Atomy, Atomy. Marketatomy.com. And right. it is also being revised. So there may be a little bit of Greek in there right now. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. ignore it. <laughs> and and um, we have to stop here. we got one minute. So, Dana, will you leave that closing thought yeah. for us? Yeah. Um, Russell, correct me if I'm wrong. You asked me what is the one thing that should be considered when thinking about collaborating with a nonprofit or for-profit. First of all is synergy. Um, making sure that, well, first you need to be clear in your messaging you need to be clear in what you want so that you can communicate it clearly and then also synergy for instance me teaming with Hugh he's a strategist we have the same you know processes and things like that so that that creates that synergy does that answer your question that does uh, synergy is all about synergy and alignment is it alignment yep well yep, exactly that was my um, my inspiration for combining vision and synergy. That's yeah. the synergy we get from the common vision. That's Center Vision, which is our trademark. Uh, Dana Olivo from Orlando, Florida, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your time. Russ, thank you for your faithfulness, your friendship, and your support. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.